0: And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalderme slash AMA. Support for this podcast is provided by SHL. From talent acquisition to talent management. SHL Solutions provides your organization with the power and scale to build your business with the skilled, motivated and energized workforce you need. SHL takes the guesswork out of growing a talented team by helping you match the right people to the right moments with simplicity and speed. They equip recruiters and leaders with people insights at an organisation, team and individual level, accelerating growth, decision-making, talent mobility and inspiring an inclusive culture. To build a future where businesses thrive because their people thrive, visit shl.com to learn more. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and
1: material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history.
0: Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 459 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Effectively attracting, selecting and hiring people from underrepresented and marginalised groups is something that many employers aspire to. Unfortunately, only very few have the right strategies and resources in place to be set up for success. Having the right partners to work with is critical if companies are to truly understand the needs of the communities they want to work with. My guest this week is Roy Ballady, founder of Jobs for Humanity. Jobs for Humanity works to connect historically underrepresented talent to welcoming employers via training and technology, and Roy has some extremely valuable insights to share. Hi Roy and welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself
1: and tell everyone what you do? I'm Roy, the founder of Jobs for Humanity. Basically, my life's been dedicated for the last couple of years for finding jobs for people from underrepresented communities. That covers anyone who, as the Dutch say, is distant from the labour market with specific focus on refugees, the formerly incarcerated, the blind, the neurodivergent, single parents, the elderly, and ethnic minorities.
0: Fantastic stuff! And just tell us a little bit more about how your organisation works and what you actually what you actually do and what you actually offer.
1: We reach out to job seekers from these communities by partnering with local organisations around the world, also by finding them on social media. Keep in mind that I grew up in Lebanon, where a third of the population are refugees. I am neurodivergent myself, and I volunteered in prisons for five years, um, and as well as with Lighthouse for the Blind. So these are communities that are I'm really close to. So I started this movement by reaching out to various organizations, and I made it volunteer-led, where more than two thirds of our teammates come from these communities. As job seekers join in, we offer them a jobs from companies that have vowed to interview the top candidates and are specifically looking to hire them, hire underrepresented talent. And we offer them coaching throughout, whether it's resume improvements and and things like that, as well as an online community with events every every couple of days. For employers, we offer them a platform where they can reach out to now close to 100,000 job seekers from underrepresented communities, literally in every geography, with all types of skill sets for local or remote work. And we offer them training as well so that they can hire them inclusively. And um, beyond that, once they do reach their companies to be able to create a safe space for them.
0: Fantastic stuff. Now, in the conversation, we thought it, was be- it would be good to sort of focus on the, the why, the how and, and the what. Of working with communities of talent like this, to start with, uh, to start with the why. Talk us through the advantages of hiring diverse talent. I know that it's something that uh, you know people, hopefully, lots of people will already be f- familiar with and um, experiencing.
1: But I, I think it's it's always good to reiterate. Companies want to hire the best talent. Let's not make a mistake there. They want to hire the smartest people. And then also they want to expand and they're realizing right now that they have been very homogenous in the circles, in their social circles, in their employment circles, and therefore they want to become a bit more diverse. Hiring underrepresented talent does not mean that you're going to compromise on anything. You're actually going to hire more qualified people. Case in point, Matt, if you think of the world's biggest or anyone listening, the people who have shaped planet Earth as it is today, and you think about who they were. Maybe Einstein comes as the smartest person on earth. Einstein was a refugee. Isaac Newton, who's invented um, three laws of um, gravity and revolutionized physics, he was neurodivergent. And you don't have to go very far back. You can think about, in today's terms, uh, Barack Obama is an ethnic minority. He was raised by a single mom. You can think of Sir Richard Branson. He's neurodivergent. He's dyslexic. Elon Musk says he's got Asperger's. Uh, Sergey Brin, who's invented Google, he's a refugee. There are geniuses that come out of these communities because they've gone through real hardships and they've developed a certain focus to get through the, the circumstances that they have to go. they had to go through in order to reach where they were. So if you're looking for grit, you've got it in spades there. If you're looking for loyalty, you've got it there. If you're looking for empathy, even more. If you're looking for teamwork, Absolutely. So these are the building blocks of a good employee of who you want to have, and that's what you're going to get when you hire someone from an underrepresented community, invariably. Talk us through
0: how people can do this. Now, obviously, you know there there are there are things that are different for for every every type of community, but it would be good to get your benefits of of, of your experience in terms of how to hire. I don't know, say people from a one of the sort of specific communities that you're that you're talking about.
1: Well, the first thing you need to do is you need to find them, then you need to interview them in a fair way, and then you need to be able to hire them and create a safe space once you do hire them. It's the same, you know, that talent acquisition funnel. How can you diversify your talent acquisition funnel? First of all, by partnering with organizations like Jobs for Humanity and several others that allow you to widen and tap into a talent pool that's super diverse. There are local organizations wherever you are, wherever you're listening. You can you can reach out to them, just like you've got global organizations like like we are. You can reach out to us, and then you're going to be able to access that talent. The second thing you want to do is you want to be able to interview them. When we're talking about a refugee, you do have certain biases. You might think that oh, this person is lesser than this person because they don't speak the language. They may not present themselves. They may not be smart like someone who's local. Their certifications may be different. You look at their resume, you don't recognize the university, You it looks different. There's a gap in their resume. Why? Because they had to disrupt their lives because of war, because of a natural disaster or something that, and they had to seek asylum for a certain, a certain amount of time and with it had to take care of their entire families. So being able to understand those differences and, get, and being saying, hey, I'm, I'm happy to get some training here is really important. When you, that's for refugees. You've got that for every single community. Understanding for the blind, what what does a blind person use in order to get through? And what does a person with low vision use? So a person with low vision uses screen magnifiers. person who's blind uses screen readers. person who's neurodivergent, you want to be able to understand that social norms don't matter. It doesn't matter if this person looks you in the eye, if they can code the heck out of that thing, or they can build that incredible model or they can build this superb supply chain it doesn't matter and so there's that's the that's the selection piece just getting some training we do offer that and so do many other organizations the more jobs jobs for humanity bit of an umbrella organization we work with so many groups in a couple of days we're going to be working with um uh, tiffany who and we're gonna have a, who who basically helps companies create space for the neurodivergent. There's Agony Alti in London. Uh, there's many um, who can offer training. And it, it doesn't take much, I swear. Like If you think of refugees, all it takes is to be mindful of the gaps and some of the gaps that you do have, not they have, and give them some English, offer them some English language training. Um, it's very small. For the neurodivergent, the word does sound daunting. Neurodivergent is brain divergent. That's basically diversity in the brain. Some of the reasonable accommodations are as simple as noise canceling headphones and don't ask people to socialize and to necessarily touch and pat on the back when they don't necessarily want it and give them some breaks. That's it in the interview process. And you can ask them and be proactive about it. Finally, if you want to hire, then you want to be able to onboard them well. That's part of that same training. Create a safe space. Also realize that the talent is global. So if you want to be able to hire, Globally, there are organizations that allow you to do that. If you want to relocate talent, they can do that. And if if you're worried about the legal statuses, for example, for a refugee, there are a bunch of organizations like Talent Beyond Boundaries, uh, like Localize, that can help you relocate the person compliantly with the work permit and everything. All of this has been demystified. That's how you do it.
0: And I suppose diving a bit deeper into that, in terms of the, you know, the specific advice that you'd offer talent acquisition professionals and people working in HR and organizations in terms of providing inclusive spaces and uh, onboarding people properly, what
1: are the the things that people should really be bearing in mind? I'm going to focus on two because uh, first first of all, focus on refugees and then talk a bit about neurodivergent. There are... That exists for every community. And actually on Jobs for Humanity, you can find that training for free just on the site. For refugees, honestly, it is as simple as doing your best to not treat them any different than anybody else. That's really important. I've spoken to several refugees who are, and all they want is they want a second shot at life. That's all they're asking for. And this gives them a chance to actually join a new organization, which they feel very proud of, and they don't want to stick out like a sore thumb. And I quoted one refugee who landed a gig at a company that didn't onboard him well, and then a second one at one that did. And here's what he said. When I joined my first company, the new country, I was uncomfortable because colleagues were treating me differently. Not necessarily just by what was said, but even by how things were said. I wanted more than anything to be treated like everybody else. Since then, I've changed jobs, and in my current one, I'm, treating ex- I'm treated exactly like everyone else. I do not have any additional benefits, nor do I have to be reminded that every day that I am different. So it's important to be able to just tell them, hey, welcome, you're one of us. Let me know. Feel free to let me know if there's anything that you need. Realize that for refugees in particular, their English may not be as good as someone who's local. So if you can offer them and proactively offer English training, that would be wonderful. Chances are they've already gone through a bunch of things like cultural training, cultural immersions, and things like that. So no need to worry about that there. And do ask them if they need any additional accommodations. When you're trying to onboard someone who's neurodivergent, like I said, neurodiversity is brain diversity. And so that is where basically every person is very different. So the best thing that you could do is to ask and create a safe space for them basically gain their trust and tell them, hey, welcome to our organization. Super happy that you're joining us. And we want to make sure, just like we do for everybody, that you are as successful as you can be and you feel as much at home as possible. What could be helpful for us to offer you for you to feel welcome? Maybe they'll ask you for noise-canceling headphones. Maybe they'll ask you for uh, a day or two where they can work from home. Maybe they'll ask you for a little bit, bit of space in between meetings. Maybe they'll go to the office and realize that there are flickering lights. And if someone has epilepsy that sucks or they're averse to light, then having lights that are um, incandescent will just be helpful for everybody else, honestly, and gives fewer migraines to all the neurotypical uh, people at the company. So really making them feel welcome and then asking and creating space and then realizing that these changes are not very they're not drastic. You're not looking to make any big physical changes in your space. That's what I would say for both of them. And uh, yeah, uh, there's also a really cool resource for the neurodivergent called Jan, J-A-N. Uh, you also find it on the on the website that we've uh, like on job3humanity.com, where you've got additional accommodations that you could you know learn about, such as also reducing socializing and. Uh, accepting of people who may have a tick or may need a break from time to time or may want to work in the dark. They're not different. They're not freaks. They are actually getting the job done in a very focused way and actually socializing is a big distraction. Some people just really like to focus on one specific thing and not be distracted like me. When I work, I really just close the door and then just can produce what two people can produce in a day but people know not to just come and knock and, and, and come and chit-chat. And when I get out, I'll say, all right, I'm available to talk now.
0: So as a final question for you, literally just before we started recording, I saw someone kind of sent me the results of sort of yet another survey that says diversity and inclusion is the number one priority for you know HR professionals um, in, in the next 12 months. This is something that there has been a lot of conversation about in the last in the last in the last two years. Are employers getting better at this, more open in terms of their thinking, shifting their mindset? Are, are things are things genuinely changing or organizations still just talking about it and not actually doing anything?
1: Excellent question. If you think of the marketing curve, you know, you got the innovators, early adopters, early majority, late majority, laggards, and then and that's kind of the life cycle we're going to get everybody, we are still in the early adopter phase. A lot of organizations want to, and have realized that they need to, make changes there. If they want to go public, two of their board members have to be come from underrepresented communities. One has to be a woman, the other one has to be from an, a minority. And that starts to trickle down. Companies aren't knowing what targets to set. And it really starts with a target. This is how many bodies I'd like to have in this organization. So that when I ask for referrals, the referrals can be much more diverse than coming from a certain circle. So companies have the intention, but they're not knowing how and where to start. This is why I've, that's not why I've started Jobs for Humanity. I've started Jobs for Humanity because I come from this, these communities and because I got fed up Honestly, of uh, living a bit like an automaton, and then just building tech solutions for organizations and growing them, I really want to make a serious difference. And every time someone gets a job, it's a life changed. And so I can do this till the, till I die, and grow this for just so for, for it to be bigger than me when I when I when I when I pass away and, and passed on to other people and become something like the United Nations, because you do need something major to 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 make that change. Companies need a simple path of understanding. Here's my framework, attract, select and hire. How do I attract? Where do I go to attract? Select. How do I create a safe space for them? Hire. How do I hire and onboard and create a safe space one day once they are in? And um, that's basically the, the job that of a chief diversity officer or head of talent acquisition to be able to go ahead and say, all right, this is my answer for attract. That's my answer for select. And that's my answer for hire.
0: And lastly, tell us again how to find you and how to find Jobs for Humanity.
1: If you email me at roy at jobsforhumanity.com, find me on LinkedIn, Roy Baladi, or just Google Jobs for Humanity will be the first result. It's jobsforhumanity.com. You'll find us there. We'll be able to connect. We'll be able to just, and and most of the resources are fully available and free uh, and, and can easily be shared. So it's easy. Roy, thank you very much for talking to me. Matt, thank you so much for the space and thank you so much for everything that you've been doing for the for the talent acquisition industry over the last decades. Thank you. My thanks to Roy. You can subscribe to this podcast
0: on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for recruiting future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.